What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. On today's show, I chat with Katie Edwards, owner of Katie Edwards Bodywork, who also works with Prime Performance Rehab. Katie is a believer that touch and bodywork can be whatever you want it to be, and she feels that through movement and touch, we can all better understand our bodies. Katie works with Prime Performance Rehab to help eliminate fear-mongering and intimidation that often comes with health and wellness, and they believe that the human body is strong and resilient. In honor of that, we think it's important that healthcare professionals are open to having conversations with each other as we all try to navigate pain, false beliefs, helping people, and questions involving our own work. Katie currently works mobile, and she sees clients in their homes, but as soon as Ethos Athletic Club opens in downtown Charleston, Katie will be offering her services there. Katie and I today discuss popular massage myths, different ways to manage stress, and her philosophy of massage therapy. I'm excited for more conversations in the future with Katie, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today's special guest is Katie Edwards. I didn't even ask you how to introduce yourself. Katie yeah. Edwards, massage therapist. Yeah, that's perfect. Do we have another, any any other way to introduce yourself? Um, What's your official title? Licensed massage therapist. Licensed massage therapist. Yeah. So today with Katie, I really want to get into obviously learning more about you, your philosophy, what you do, your story, and then hoping to get into the nervous system, talking about down regulation and the power of touch. So welcome, Katie. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, this is exciting. So let's talk about a little bit about your your history, like how you got to where you are today and also where you are today, what you're doing with your daily life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the easiest place to start is when I like realized that body work and massage therapy were super powerful and important tools for healing. Um, I tore my meniscus jumping on a trampoline about probably like six or seven years ago at this point. Um, And so I had surgery to repair my meniscus. And then 
like throughout that healing process, I was actually in my yoga teacher training at the time. Um, so I went and saw a body worker who was recommended through the yoga teacher training program I was doing. His name's Jeremiah Evers. Um, he's a rolfer. I don't know. Do you know what rolfing is? Wait, I do. I've heard of this, but okay. I could not tell you what it is. Yeah. It's familiar to me. Yeah. Um, so it's a form of body work and I'm probably going to butcher this definition of it, but it's more focused on like the body structure. Um, and so instead of like massage therapy is more like, um, relaxing, I would say, mm-hmm. and like less intense where raw thing is like pretty intense style body work. Um, but it's kind of focused more on like biomechanics of the body and like arranging the body in a structure so it makes sense with gravity and with the way your body's stacked and um yeah I have no idea yeah so (laughs) it's amazing I'm gonna look it up I love it yeah so anyway that's kind of how I started um like getting into yoga body work all those types of things and so yeah. At what point did you decide, so you were already in your yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. but at what point did you decide to become a massage therapist? Um, probably a few years later. And honestly, I wasn't um, like totally sure that was the career path I wanted to go on. I was just kind of at this point where I needed a life change and I knew I loved um, the body and movement and I love learning about the body. And so I kind of started looking around for, like, different schools and different modalities. And I found this school that I went to in Hawaii, which is called the Pacific Center for Awareness and Body Work. Um, So it was a somatic body work program. What does that mean? Um, So somatics are kind of like, somatic means, like, of the body. Um, So it's kind of a way of relating the body to also like your emotions and your mental state and um, kind of like more of a feeling approach to the body and body work. And so you went to school in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That sounds nice. It sounds like a life change. Yes. What were you doing amazing. before that? Um, I was teaching yoga and I had a corporate job for a few years at a resort on Isle Palms and then I quit that and waited tables for a while. Nice. Yeah. So quit that. You were still, you were teaching yoga at the time and then you went to Hawaii. Yeah. How long was that school? Nine months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What part of Hawaii? It was in Kauai. Oh, is that like the that one beautiful. that not a lot of people go to? Um, right? It's one of the smaller the smallest. islands. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when you're mentioning body work a lot, like how would you define body work? Um... Body work can be, I mean, I feel like that's kind of an umbrella term for a lot of different modalities and styles. Um, so essentially body work is massage therapy. Massage therapy is body work, but a body worker can be a craniosacral therapist. They can be a rolfer, chiropractors, like many different modalities probably fall into the category of body work. So I kind of use that term a lot instead of massage therapy because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people have preconceived notions about what massage therapy is. And so I use that term to kind of hopefully like broaden people's perspective and that body work can be like many different things. Does it always involve touch? Um, That's a good question. 
or it's like because I know there's some philosophies of like yeah moving around energy what is it called yeah Reiki yes yeah I would say Reiki is more like energy work okay I would say in as a generalization body work always involves touch like always involves touch yeah so preconceived notions. What do you feel like are people's like first thoughts? What is massage therapy? Like what are their perceptions of it? I feel like people think of massage therapy as like they're in a dimly lit room. There's like Native American flutes playing. Yeah. And there's a waterfall in the background. There's a waterfall. Yeah. Getting water. And they're just getting like oil rubbed all over their body. Wait, what's <laughs> wrong with that? That sounds so no, nice. It's lovely. Like it's so nice. <laughs> and that's my experience with massage therapy. Like, what's your experience? So why is it it's not that it's not that. Right? Exactly. It's yeah. And not, there's nothing wrong with that. Just it's not clarify. just that. Exactly. So what is it then? What can it be? If it's not just that. So from my perspective, like massage therapy can be such a powerful tool for healing. Um, Not only like physically, it can help with healing pain, recovering from injury. Um, It can be an awesome tool of like preventative healthcare. And that's ideally what I would like it to be is like preventative Mm -hmm. healthcare. Um, but it's also very healing, like, mentally and emotionally. It's a good reset for your entire system. Um, so if it's not you're oiling me in a dimly lit room with yeah. Native American floats, <laughs> like, well, first, I guess, why, why do people think that's what it is? Is that just, like, the most common version of it? Yeah, I think if you're going to go to, like, a spa setting, which is most people's first introduction to massage. Gotcha. Um And the reason I bring that up is I just feel like a lot of people think that massage therapy is for women of, like, like wealth who do it to pamper themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm having a spa day. Like, I'm having a spa day, and I'm going to go put cucumbers on my eyes and get my nails done and also get a massage. And that's something that I would like to shift, and that massage is for everyone and it can be whatever you need it to be um it's not just for you know wealthy not women just on the for, spot yeah going to like the charleston place right and getting a massage with your your girlfriends right so you mentioned it being like you wanted it to be preventative yeah what what do you feel that it's what is it preventing what about it is preventative um i kind of think of it as anything else you would do as far as preventative healthcare, whether that's like, you know, I feel like exercise is preventative healthcare. Yeah, for sure. And um, eating healthy, taking supplements, whatever that might be for the specific person. It's just keeping your body um, healthy and moving and, yeah. It's like the whole person. Like instead of just addressing this and this, Adding in massage therapy to to your routine can help with a whole other number of things, right? right. So, yeah. what do you think massage therapy is like in your in your ideal world? What is what does massage therapy look like? I think in an ideal world, it looks different for every single person who walks in the door because everyone is so different, and I think that. 
yeah, every session I have is different with a different, depending on the client's needs, who they are as a person, their stress level. Um, Do you have a favorite style or is it, it obviously like it always depends, but yeah. is there, is there one style that you really relate to or connect with? I think that, so I was trained in, um, structural integration and Lomi Lomi, which is Hawaiian style. Oh, I guess. Classic Lomi Lomi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like a lot of body workers describe their style as integrative, which is just pulling from a bunch of different modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's what my style is too. It's just like a blend of a lot of different things. Okay. And when you say modality, what do you mean? Um, modality can be like the style or the type of body work. So whether it's Thai, massage, Swedish, Lomi Lomi. Um, there's a whole lot of types. So many types. So it's like you have all of these skills and then you have this person in front of you and you're like, what things am I going to incorporate to help this person get the results that they want? Exactly. What are often the results that these people want? I'm assuming that you have some sort of discussion with them before and they tell you like how they want to feel or what they need from you. Yeah. What are some of the the common things that people need from you? Yeah. Um, I would say a big one is like relaxation and managing stress are two huge um, kind of like desired outcomes with massage therapy. Um, A lot of my clients have like pain or stiffness or tightness um, and wanting relief from those types of things. So can you, because I I know from other experience that you view massage and body work and manual therapy and pain like the same way I do, but which is very different than what a lot of people traditionally think it is. Right. Can you explain how your philosophy, your beliefs and, and where you got those things and where you learned those things from? Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I guess where I like learned that was the school that I went to. Um, they really, so the, the director of the program that I went to was actually, he had his PhD in neuroscience. Oh, that's so it was like a really interesting perspective on, um, like why touch works and why body work works. And it's not for the reasons that we think it works. Like improving circulation is probably bullshit. Like that's a myth of massage. Blood flow. Right. Exactly. Improving blood flow. Like not true. Um, So yeah, I believe that touch works and like any modality you want to use works. It doesn't really matter which one it is, whether it's like time massage, Swedish craniosacral, whatever, it's um, that, like we talked about, down regulating your nervous system with the supportive help of a professional. Um, and so that's, I mean, there's so many reasons that I think body work works, mm-hmm. but that being the main one is that, and I think that's why physical therapy works too. Like, There's probably so many different types of physical therapy and exercises and tools and dry needling and all these things that you can do. But at the end of the day, it's about you and your client having a good rapport 
and trust and a desired goal or outcome that you want to get to and helping that person realize that they have that ability within themselves to get to that desired outcome. Like there's a million ways to make banana bread. Yeah. As long as you get the banana bread, like it just depends on how you make it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I always say like if, if everything works, then I mean, this is a nihilistic, but like if everything works then nothing works. Like yeah. If, if we feel like everything works because it has a specific manner of working that's different than this other thing and the way that works. But now we know that those things aren't true. Like now right. we know that everything works via the same route. Yeah. It's like we're all getting on the same interstate. I mean, I can yeah. just analogy after analogy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all the analogies. Right. So why is the power of touch, why, why is there a power to it? Why is it so powerful? I mean, I think in some ways that's one of those, like, unexplained things. And also there's, like, scientific research to back up that touch is so powerful. Like, we know that if babies don't get touch mm-hmm. um, from, like, a very early age that there's all sorts of, like, a host of um, things that can happen with their health and mental health. and Oh, yeah. Um, so I think, like, just at our at our basic human needs core, touch is one of those, like, basic human needs that, mm-hmm. that we need. And especially, like, we've seen this past year, so many people were deprived of touch. We were all deprived of touch, whether it's, like, you know, handshakes were taken away, pats on the back, hugs. And I think all of us felt that on, on some level, whether we, like, consciously realized it or not. I hated meeting people and not being able to shake their hand. Yeah. It's like I'm such a handshaker, but you would like <laughs> kind of look at them and then they'd like give you an elbow and I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to elbow you right now. Like no. I just want to, I want to shake your hand and then you're going to come in here and I'm going to touch your whole body because I'm a physical therapist right. and that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. But we're not going to shake hands. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put needles in your butt, but we're not going to shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how was the past year for you? Um, I think the time during, cause I went from touching multiple people every day to like for months, not touching anyone because <laughs> oh, no. I was single and I was living alone during quarantine. So that was like a really weird thing. Um, yeah. And one of my favorite authors says like touch is social glue. Like it's this bond that helps us realize that like, you know, we're all in this together. Like I'm real, you're real. We can touch each other and like feel like a different level of connection Mm -hmm. it's like like you said our like our foundational needs like for some reason humans have this like foundational need for connection for relationships and then you have so you have that the power of touch you add that to something that feels good and something that down regulates your nervous system and then you add a trusted professional who's on your side mm-hmm. and wants to help you get to your goals. And it's like this perfect recipe of really like at the basic level, like why you feel amazing and why you feel like you're doing something really good for yourself when you go get body work or when you go get yeah. a massage. And it's why I think like the, what, like what I want from a massage is probably different than what you want. Right. On a random Tuesday, but then the next right. week it's probably going to be something different. Right. We totally. all we always need something different. Yeah. yeah. So 
the nervous system and the down regulation of the nervous system. So you got a lot of that in school. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty unique to have mm-hmm. the director be like a PhD in neuroscience. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. He wasn't, he was that first before he became a massage therapist. Oh, Which okay. is really uh, cool and rare, I feel like. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, why did he become a massage therapist? You know, because he learned all of this about neuroscientists, science, and then he used that, and then he was like, oh, yeah. I want to become a massage therapist. Right. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think because he recognized, like, the power of touch and how, you know, like, you can put so many scientific statistics on so many things, and at the end of the day, sometimes it's, like, the most simple, basic stuff that that works. Oh, yeah. Um, We're always trying to make it fancier. Exactly. Than it needs to be. Exactly. So now with all of that knowledge and like all of that training, what does your life look like now? Um, so I'm currently doing mobile massage therapy. Um, and that's, that was kind of my pandemic shift. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. I was working at a spa before COVID hit and then COVID hit. And I knew that I always wanted to work for myself and have my own practice. And so I started that, um, and then that's how I actually met Elliot from Prime Performance Rehab was I went to him as a patient because my shoulder was killing me and I like could barely lift my table and get it into my client's homes. Um, so I went to see him as a patient and he helped me so much. And I realized that we have the same like mentality around pain um, and how to work with patients and clients and so now we've teamed up, um, and I'm working for Prime Performance Rehab. So hopefully in the near future, we'll have our <laughs> office um, open inside of Ethos Athletic Club that's going to be on Huge Street. Yay! Yay! Hopefully, you know, in a few months. Yeah. It's funny because a few months ago, we had Joey on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure we said April. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm sure because I... I think it was probably February that he was on. And so he was probably like, oh, yeah, in a couple of weeks we'll be open. Yeah. And yeah. it's June 29th. It's June 29th. Here we are. It's okay. <laughs> Things take time. That's exactly. all right. Yeah. So your beliefs about pain. Like, does anyone ever ask you, like, a patient, why does this hurt? Or client, sorry. You know, yours aren't patients. Yeah. They're all different. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the time. What do you say? That's, like, so – that's one of the hardest things – for me to like articulate because I feel like whenever anyone asks this question I just feel like I have like a flood of information yes. and I don't have know how to get out but I think the most simplified version is pain is an output from your brain and it's a signal to you that something doesn't feel safe or something needs attention um, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's tissue damage so if people have shoulder pain, that doesn't necessarily mean they have a torn rotator cuff or anything like that. Um, and there's so many different factors that, that contribute to pain. So I really try and ask people, like, what's their stress level like? When do they notice when they feel this pain? Um, how are they sleeping? Like, have a more whole person approach um, to whatever they're feeling pain. It's such a complicated question. So complicated. And I think a lot of the reason it's complicated is because they ask you expecting it to be simple. Exactly. They want me to say, 
Yeah, I feel like all my clients want me to say, oh, you have a knot here, I'll work it out, and that'll be the mm-hmm. answer, and that's not mm-hmm. the answer. Let, let's talk about that. <laughs> where, does, where does that come from? Ugh. I mean, I, that's just another one of those like massage therapy myths that's been around for a long time, is that you have knots that need to be like worked out, or, you know, un- like I feel like that was you know, a few years ago was like the knots that need to be worked out thing. And now it's like fascia that needs to be mm. fascial adhesions that mm. need to be broken up. Oh my God. Don't get started <laughs> about fascia. And, uh, what is the other one? Anatomy trains. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Oh, you're breaking up adhesions. Got it. Well, a few yeah. years ago they weren't breaking up adhesions, but it was still feeling good. It was still working. And before yeah. that they definitely weren't breaking like, breaking up knots and it was right. so like why does it keep changing it's like we just yeah I always say that we keep trying to make sense of something that we didn't create yeah. and that we don't understand right there's yeah. so much I just saw something yesterday and I thought it was it was perfect like there's so much research on trigger points and it's inconclu- inconclusive yeah and it's like we all call them different things we've done so many different things to try to like attack them yeah. There's literally professions and schooling built yeah. for trigger points. Like oh, this, this thing that we don't understand. Right. How much of that were you taught in massage school? So we learned a few different modalities from different teachers. So they brought in um, like many different teachers and some of them had those beliefs and some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. But what really was like so great about that school was the director of the program, anytime we would learn a different modality, would come back, bring the group together and be like, remember, this isn't working for why you think it's working. It's working because you're another, you're a human being touching another human being and that's helping their nervous system deregulate. It's also like, um, I think some of the reason why it helps is like, body mapping is super helpful and bringing your awareness to a certain part of your body, bringing um, new sensory input to that area can be super helpful. Um, But it's not working because we're breaking up fascia. I think that's so cool that he did that. Yeah. That he, I mean, how big was your class? 19 people. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Like, I think that is, that is super unique because you're, like you're you're in school and you're like you're vulnerable and you're pliable and like you're just trying to mm-hmm. see the people that are doing what you're doing like your mentors and the authorities and you're probably going to take their beliefs with you right and for him to come back and kind of like ground you and and show you like hey those things work but here's why I think yeah. that would be incredible in every single school yeah I heard I was listening to some podcasts this morning um, and I heard a statistic that. of medical schools don't get pain education. That's insane. Yeah, I need to, I'm going to need to look up like the actual quote, but it was like, they, they don't have education on pain. Yeah, that's crazy to me. And I'm like, what for most, like you go to healthcare professionals most of the time for pain. Right. And we don't know how to treat it. Yeah. It's, it's so misunderstood We're always trying to, it's like, we're just always trying to find a cause. Yeah. One single cause. Oh, it's because you have this knot. And when you press it, it hurts. Right. And then when you press it for longer, it feels better. Yeah. And then, okay, it's it's gone. It's like, 
and, and one, it's like, it's, our brains are trying to understand themselves. Yeah. Because in one instance, we're like, okay, pain is an output by your nervous system. But then we're like, okay, well, now I'm trying to understand why my brain thinks this is a threat. Like, it's right. just super confusing. Almost a little overwhelming. It's super overwhelming. And even as, like, people who, like, understand pain science, like... I feel like you and I are, are like, decently, I'm decently, you're very well versed in, like, pain science and all those things. Like, I still can't figure out my own pain. And that's super frustrating to be, like, I understand all these things and I still, I still look for reasons and want an answer and... It's different when it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can talk someone through, what, is it tolerable, blah, 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 like, all day... And then as soon as I feel something, I'm like, yeah, I just tore my rotator cuff. Right. And I'm like, let me like <laughs> practice what I preach here. Exactly. And not jump off the ledge. Yeah. But it's, it's different when it's you and because you're the one feeling it. And also you are like, you're subjective to yourself. And right. like, I think what's so powerful is like, when I come to you, you get this objective look at my life mm-hmm. and you, I give you all the puzzle pieces, and you you get to put together the puzzle and then show it to me. Yeah. And then together, we're like, oh. Yeah. These are all of the reasons, all of the things that play a role. Yeah. So why isn't it all based on breaking up knots or breaking up adhesions? I mean, there's, like, some study that I'm sure you've seen that is, like... You know, I think the newest thing is thinking that you can lengthen fascia. And there was some study that was, like, um, put, like, 2,000 pounds on top of fascia and tried to lengthen it. And that literally didn't lengthen it, which is just insane because if you put 2,000 pounds worth of pressure on someone, they would be dead. Like, that's not possible. So You'd be lengthened then. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Maybe still not. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That is one that I quote all the time. Yeah. And like our hands can't do that. No. No matter how much I work out and lift weights, the amount of deep tissue massage that I can give to someone will not lengthen their fascia. And different people need different, like, that's a huge argument and discussion in the body work field is like how much pressure is the right amount of pressure Mm -hmm. and how much like there's a lot of people who think that like no have that no pain no gain mentality when it comes to massage therapy and like I have clients who want like the most pressure possible and feel like that's the only way that it's going to help them is if it like hurts Mm -hmm. and that's just not true yeah why do people have that belief I think that yeah like somewhere down the line that's like a belief that we've that society has come up with that if it doesn't the, hurt, if it doesn't hurt, it. you're not doing anything or that the deeper the pressure that that's going to change your tissue somehow. Yeah. It's like, it, it has to hurt for it to work. Right. Like I hear that a lot. I feel like yeah. dry needling someone, I'm like, this doesn't have to hurt. It's, right. it's not more effective the stronger it is. Right. It's up to you. Cause if it's all down regulation, and we're actually stressing someone out and, yeah. and causing more pain. Yeah. Then that doesn't really help with our total outcome. Right. But people all the time are like, well, if you're breaking it up, it's going to hurt. Look, if I was breaking it up, it would really freaking I hurt. I would like, need a scalpel. 
you would be <laughs> under right now. Yeah. Well, and like, and there's always, there's so many ways to phrase it, but someone said, you know, if we could deform fascia with our hands, every time you would walk, yeah, you would deform your plantar fascia. Right. And we don't so see true. that happening. Yeah. Anything. So like true. me sitting in this chair. Yeah. But honestly, Katie, I think some people have those beliefs that like me sitting in this chair if I'm sitting in this position for too long, it's bad for me because it's deforming yeah. my fascia. Or yeah. like, if I'm sleeping, oh god, yeah. if I'm sleeping in a certain way for too long, yeah, it's apparently bad for me. And I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah, and why is this the thing that we latched onto? Right. I mean, I think so much of it is like people wanted to, like, people want to be able to give other people who are in pain an answer, and so. There's so many, like, great therapists and professionals who I think just want to give people an answer, and that's kind of an easy one to to lean on, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I always have a picture of these people in my mind, and I'm like, oh, these are bad people. Like, these are scary people. But, like, they're trying to help, too. Right. Exactly. So, if those people are, like, trying to help if they're well-intentioned... Why are those beliefs or those myths, why are they harmful? That's something I struggle with all the time. Like, if it's helping, does it matter why it's helping? Or, like, does it matter that you know why it's helping? Like, I think if if you're going to see a therapist who's really helping you and they're telling you that they're helping you because they're breaking up the knots in your back and you're feeling less pain and getting better... Does it matter that it's that yeah. that's not what's happening? Yeah, you know, it's some. I struggle with it too because at the end, like we want this person to get the help, right? But if I think it's only helping me from this one cause, and the only way I can get this help is from one person, then I'm going to be dependent on that person. Yeah, true. And then I'm not going to address any of the other potential causes so it's, right it's like if I am in pain okay well Katie's the only person that can get me out of pain because she needs to break up these adhesions yeah well even if adhesions do exist yeah you're not addressing why they're there right or why they keep coming back also like it's not like adhesions just grow I mean yeah. there's there's a lot of flawed science to that argument <laughs> but yeah I struggle with it too of, of like do we want people to, to get the help Right. Or do we want people to understand why it's helping? And yeah. I think we we both want people to be independent. Yeah, totally. And to thrive without us. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I think one thing that you do really well that I've seen that Elliot does really well that I try and do too is like like we have this um mentality of like pain is inevitable like that's gonna happen but trying to help people have less fear about their pain is something that's super important and that goes into them not being dependent on you is like you have to give the people the tools to when pain comes up Mm -hmm. which it inevitably will to be like okay I don't need to freak out about this I have the tools and resources within myself to scale it back whatever I'm doing to Downregulate my nervous system mm-hmm. to pay a little bit more attention to my sleep and my eating and my stress levels and all those things to help 
heal themselves and not be dependent on a practitioner. Yeah. It's like when that pain does come on of what do you, what do you do? How do you respond? It's like if you are trying to eat a certain way and you have one day where you're not eating a certain way, like, do you just throw it all in the wash or do you just start again the next day? Right. If you have a bad day, if you're sad, it'll probably go away. Yeah. And I think the way that we, the way that we view pain is so much that like something is very wrong Right. Pain means damage. It's very scary. And I also feel like the way that we have to talk about pain in this world now, it's like we have to be so politically correct yeah. to even discuss pain. Right. Because, like, I don't want to say anything wrong here. Yeah. And someone hear it and attack me on social media exactly. for my beliefs about pain. Yeah. Like, we are, like, separating. I mean, there's definitely, like, in our professions, like, there's definitely a fork in the road here. Yeah. Um, and it's always funny to me because I, like, you are probably, like, so involved. Like, you know everything going on in your profession. Like, you follow people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know everything going on. But, like, your clients, they, they're they like, I don't care. They're yeah, like, I just exactly. want you to help me. Yeah. And I'm like, but I want you to know yeah. why it's helping you. <laughs> and at that point, is it is it ego? Like, right. do I want them to know? That, do I want Do I want to be right? Exactly. These are the thoughts. Like, these are the... It's just, like, this argument inside your head. Yeah. And it's all about pain. Yeah. I feel like, as a society, we are definitely obsessed with pain. Yeah. And stress. Mm. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, those two things go hand in hand. Yeah. So, tell me, what what does downregulation mean to you? Um, I feel like it's... Which, this is a very simplified version, but... I think in our modern society, we live in this state of like hyper arousal and our nervous systems are most of the time operating at this level of fight or flight. Like we're constantly stimulated, whether it's by our phones, by all the things that we have to do in a day, by our to-do list. Um, I think we're all just like a little overstimulated and down-regulating the, ner- down-regulating the nervous system looks like shifting from that hyper aroused state down into more of a parasympathetic parasympathetic state. A lot of big of, words. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of words. Um, rest and digest. So kind of like coming down off that high of being like go, go, go and being more calm, being more centered, breathing fully, feeling grounded. Um and there's so much that goes into that. Obviously, it's, like, not that simple. But... Nothing is simple, I think. I've nothing realized. is simple. Yeah. Did you have a time in your life where you felt like you were overstimulated, like, fight or flight always, and then you had to, like, make a change? Yeah, I kind of think that... Um, I... Well, I like to make meaning of lots of things, mm-hmm. but I think when I tore my meniscus, I was going at a super fast pace and I was also not going in a direction in my life that I wanted to be going in and I knew that, but I didn't want to make a change. And so hurting my knee really like, I mean, it made me be stationary and it made me stop doing a lot of things that I was doing and I really had to like sit with myself and look at my life and the direction I was headed and make a change. So I think, um, yeah, and that's when I started learning about yoga and meditation. That's when I started receiving body work and all those things really like changed my life. And 
Yeah. What drew you to those things? Um, I just liked, I think it started with, I liked the way that I felt after yoga. Mm -hmm. I felt more clear. I felt more calm. I mean, yoga helped me with so many things. Um, mostly the mental clarity that I got after it. Of like where I'm going next, like what I, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just like, you know, helping with the day-to-day decisions that you have to make. Because we don't ever have time to think anymore. Right. It's like process what's happening in your life. Yeah. No, you save that for Saturday and Sunday, right? Right. No. Yeah. That's the whole like overstimulated. We're always, we're always going. We always have our to-do list. We're always fight or flight. Like, there's a reason that we have really poor health outcomes. Yeah. There's a reason that we're, like, we're chronically stressed. Yeah. I think it's, like, 43% obesity at this yeah. point. It's just, like, it's, I don't know at what point we'll start making these connections. And I think, I mean, more people are making the, the connections of the, the stress that we accumulate in our lives is is killing us. Yeah. And if we have these two systems, we're not just supposed to only hang out in one. Right. And I think about this stuff all the time, obviously. But <laughs> so it, I think a lot of it is like a Western society. I mean, we yes. have found a way to make everything super convenient, yeah. to make everything fast, like microwaves, yeah. um, washer and dryers. Yeah. We have found a way to take all the movement out. Yeah. Uh, like some patient brought this up. He's like 75. And he was like, why do y'all work out? Like I see y'all like yeah I see people over at O two like just like working out and like crushing themselves and then they go and sit at a desk all day. He was like, it looks like everyone's taken out any physical activity. Like no one does any manual labor anymore. Like yeah. no one cleans their own. House. I mean, people I clean my own house. Yeah, but like we found a way to take out all of the physical activity in our day. Yeah, but then we plug it in at the end of the day, maybe for an hour, for an hour, yeah, at max. Yeah. And then we use it to. As a time to not think about all the other things going on. Exactly. And you usually push yourself to the max during that time. So you're also not like, you know, I don't know. I, I agree with you 100%. Like, how did we get to this point? I don't know. I found that, I mean, my, I don't know how accurate Whoop is, but when Whoop tells me that I have done no physical activity, I mean, obviously, like, my job is pretty active but like yesterday I had a high strain and I hadn't even worked out yet yeah just because I was like go 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 and I explained my day to Elliot and I was like oh I didn't stop and think yeah and then you do that forever and ever and ever or you sit at a desk and you don't stop and think yeah it's like I've talked to so many people especially on this podcast that were doing that and saw where their life was going and they were like, heck no. Yeah. And they they made it, they pivoted. Yeah. For sure. Right. What do you feel like is maybe the easiest way to start adding in more down regulation to your life? Yeah. Um, yoga is amazing. And I think it's also, this might be like unpopular opinion, but it's also important to find a yoga practice that isn't moving so fast is boot camp? that isn't yeah. like yeah like a hit class um and that's not to say those forms of yoga are like bad or anything but I think that 
if you're looking to downregulate your nervous system, you actually have to slow down physically and focus on your breath. I don't have time for that, Katie. What do I you know. mean? <laughs> no, I'm just, that's what people would say. It's like, yeah. well, I only have time for the, the fast boot camp. So right. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. Okay, well then add in like meditation or something where you're removing stimulus mm-hmm. and you're sitting with your body and you're breathing and... Why are we so overstimulated? That's such a good question. <laughs> like, why do we... Why do, We want it, too. Yeah. We like it. It's addictive. Oh, that's what it is. I think it is addictive. Like, that go, go, go pace. And, like, especially with our phones and all the things... I mean, it's proven that the, our phones are, like, meant mm-hmm. to be addictive. Have you seen the social dilemma? Yes. Oh, man. Crazy. Wrecked yeah. me. <laughs> I know. But still, I scroll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, we know these things. Most know. of us know, know what we're doing isn't very healthy for us, but yet here we are. It's like our most, like, prime... Oh, well, like primal <laughs> instincts are like fighting against each other. Yeah. It's like our need for the balance between these two systems, sympathetic, parasympathetic, and our need for stimulus. And yeah. like we have, we just don't, we don't have a balance of those things. Right. And then there's burnout and there's stress and there, there's anxiety and depression. And like obviously all those things are very multifactorial, but we never have time to stop and think about our decisions. And we also, we never have time to give our bodies a break. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think we're like all social creatures. And if it's the, we're living at the same pace as everyone that we're around and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like on the interstate, you go the same speed as everyone exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. And so if like, you're the slow guy, everyone's like, get out of the way. Yeah. Elliot's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're driving so slow. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, I was thinking about something else. Yeah. He always says, I don't he probably has said that you you know this phrase. He, they have no feel. If you're in the left yeah. lane, PSA everyone, if you're in the left lane in Charleston and you're going slow, Elliot Lance will say you have no feel. He's coming for you. Yes, just no feel of the situation. The addiction thing, that definitely like brought up something in my brain. I don't know, I don't have a citation or anything, but there's definitely a study about like rats or something like that. Yeah. Where they were given constant stimulation and they like yeah. starved themselves and they ended yeah. up like maybe dying because yeah. they they just ca- I mean also like we see all the cocaine studies and rats and sugar yeah too. right I know that's so scary yeah sugar thing yeah like oh well there's a good yeah. thing I've never done cocaine yeah I'll <laughs> just do yeah. sugar just do sugar <laughs> yeah exactly so like starting a yoga practice meditation yeah and I think like getting massage therapy and body work too is something that's helpful if you feel like you can't do that thing yourself like if it's super hard for you to meditate or to slow down or to do yoga like going into a place where that's like the designated goal is for you to relax and with the help of a, a practitioner is yeah. um I think is super helpful I'm so grateful that that's my job that like for my working hours I'm not on my phone and I'm like present with another person and yeah I can't imagine like working on a computer all day every day oh no I like what you said where the designated goal is for you to relax 
Yeah. Because I think it's so rare that that's the goal. Right. I mean, we even have trouble, like, on a weekend relaxing these yeah. days. Like, I found myself working on the weekends. Just yeah. because the more I can get done, the better. And then I'm like, no, I have the rest of my life to, to work. And I feel like in order to... In order to spend more time in the parasympathetic realm, we have to purposely chase recovery. Yeah. We have to pursue it the same way we pursue an intense workout. Right. And our to-do list. Yeah. And I would argue that I don't... I think that in some ways that's kind of missing the point. Yeah. Like... I was just... I knew you were going to say Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're putting relaxation on your to-do list as Shoot. something where you're like, okay, I need to, like, lay down and I'm going to relax for this next hour. Okay, eyes closed. I'm relaxing. I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed. Okay, done. Ding. Timer's over. I did like, it. I relaxed. <laughs> I did it. Check. Yeah. What about purposefully put things in your day that make you feel relaxed. Like, yeah, I'm totally. going to take a 30-minute walk every day. Yeah, great. But I think you're totally right. As as you start to put it on your to-do list and it becomes a have-to instead of an, a get-to or it becomes yeah. a, a thing you must check off, it instantly changes. Yeah. So let's say, let's like, I want to talk through your process with, like, yeah. let's say someone completely new they come in, or you go there, actually, for yeah. now, until <laughs> ethos. Um, and how does that work? Like, you you meet them, and you're like, hey, I'm Katie. I'm about to touch you for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And they're yeah. like, all right, I'm ready. You pull out the oil. Elliot starts playing the flute. <laughs> what a sight. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> how, does, how does your process work? Elliot's playing the flute in the corner. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think I try and get as much information from the person as possible and I try and like meet the person where they're at, engage like what their expectation is, um, for the session. Cause some people, you know, just want to relax and they don't want me to ask them all these questions mm-hmm. about their life and <laughs> I want to know about your past family trauma. Yeah. Tell me about your childhood trauma, please. <laughs> Like, they don't want they're like, that. I have knee pain. <laughs> yeah. They're like, just rub my back, please. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I try and gauge, like, where they're at, if they've ever had massage therapy or body work before, and and go from there. Um, yeah. What if they're just like, I just want a back massage? Like, yeah. How are you, what do you do? How do you handle that? Um, I usually try and ask, you know like why like what's trying to be curious and be like well what's bothering you about your back like is there a time when you feel more pain than not you know what does it keep you from doing Mm -hmm. all those types of questions and just be curious and usually I'll get some sort of deeper answer yeah as to why or what it's keeping them from doing um and then you mentioned before like how much pressure is the right pressure yeah when you meet someone for the first time, like, how do you know? I usually, usually ask, like, if they've had massage therapy before, I usually mm-hmm. ask what type of pressure they typically like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I usually, after, like, the first couple minutes, I usually ask them, like, hey, how's this pressure feeling? Okay. Um, and if they have no idea, I tend to work a little bit deeper, but I, I don't want them to have, like, 
a response where yeah. they're tensing their muscles against me, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Can you tell? Yeah. I can usually tell. Either they, like, start breathing super heavy, uh-huh. like they're trying to breathe through something, uh-huh. like breathe through the pain, or they're, like, tensing okay. a lot. So that is not the point to breathe Correct. through the pain. Correct. That's going to blow people's minds. Now, I will tell people to breathe through certain things because I want them to bring awareness to a certain feeling or sensation, or I notice a lot of times people are just, like, holding their breath. Oh, yeah. Um, And so, like, in that instance, I'll have people breathe through something. But, yeah, it shouldn't be this, like, breathing through the pain. And that's what, like, so much of it is. Like, that's what so many people think it is. Yeah. Is that, like, this really freaking hurts, but if it's going to help me, I can get through it. Yeah. And sometimes it does. Exactly. Sometimes it does help. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, do you ever have those people where you, like, barely touch them, and they're like, oh my god, that's so sore, like, that's so tender? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm that person. Yeah. (laughs) Just my my calves. Don't touch my calves. Yeah. So... The amount of pressure is dependent on the person. Yeah, totally. And some people say that they like deep pressure, and then I'll touch them mm-hmm. very lightly, and they're pers- they think that that's deep pressure. You know, like, exactly. it's, all, it's all relative. Yeah. Like, every person's per- perception of what deep work is is different. Exactly, which means, like, if we are trying to break up these things of tissue... Like, it's so dependent on the... Like, there's just so many... There's no protocol for right. that. Like, is no. that a superficial muscle? Is that a deep muscle? Right. Like, can I even access that area? Right. Can this person tolerate... Like, it, there's just... It's just flawed. I mean, obviously, I'm super biased. And so yeah. I'm just going to continue to confirm my biases. But the, the whole, like... Oh, it just... It improves blood flow. And, like, honestly, that's not that harmful of a right. belief. But I'm like, you know what else improves blood flow? Walking movement like just you don't need me to massage things and they're like well then why does it work like because it desensitizes and it calms down your nervous system and they're like no it's blood flow yeah and I'm like I feel like that is a pretty cool explanation like it calms down your nervous system can we not just accept that yeah why is that a hard thing to accept I don't know I think that I think that maybe because that means that we have to take responsibility for our own nervous system and, like, for our own what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. That means that it's not that this knot has just randomly formed. Right. This adhesion has formed. And yeah. I don't want to say victim, but it does It does yeah. take away the responsibility. Right, exactly. And, like, the ownership of it. And it puts the... the um, ability to be fixed on the practitioner so the the client or patient can think like oh depending on the outcome that's how the skilled this person is like mm-hmm. that I'm paying them to do a thing which is to fix me like you would I would pay someone to fix my car yeah like and I have no responsibility for that mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything outside of this hour session yep I'm paying to, to get fixed anything. and I walk out here and it's fixed when when people do you have people like that have that um, that ha- have that belief yeah like, totally and yeah. how do you how do you navigate that 
with them? Uh, I mean, it's hard. I It just depends on the person, but I try to talk to people about like what they're doing to manage their stress and to, you know, put things in their life, like you were saying, that they enjoy that help them relax. So other than massage, like what are other ways we can manage our stress? So many things. I mean, like setting good boundaries with people. Love it. With your work-life balance. I mean, for me personally, that's like, there's so many ways to manage stress. But for me, what's important is setting really good boundaries. Um, saying no to things that are outside of my like capacity. Like trying to work within my own capacity. Um, and taking that time to do stuff that I love, which is right now for me, it's the yoga and surfing. And I exercise two times a week with my friend, Christine Lentz, who's an awesome trainer and yeah, exercising for your mental health, I think is great. And yeah. You mentioned before, and it just reminded me of it. Your job involves like the designated goal to help someone else relax. Yeah. And you don't have to be on a phone. You don't have to be on a computer. You're just present with that person. Yeah. But are you, does that make you relaxed? Yes. It does. Yeah. That's like one of the mo- my favorite things about doing this is like I feel better 99% of the time after I give someone a massage or body work. Wow. Which is awesome that I get to like, yeah, there's like stressful things about this job and it's physically demanding but like mentally I usually feel better after so your goal for that person is to help them feel relaxed but it also helps you feel relaxed Mm -hmm. how'd you swing that right that's great (laughs) I know it's great tell me about the stressors in your life (laughs) your job your job's a little it's definitely a stressor yeah yeah the, like, administrative stuff really stresses me out. Really? Like, doing Instagram and, like, scheduling people and, like, all that type of stuff is stressful. But the physic, like, when I'm actually in it, like, same thing for teaching yoga. Like, teaching mm-hmm. yoga and when I'm actually doing the thing is, is relaxing. There's, like, some um, study with, like, primates and, you know, primates groom one another and the no, amount. actually, I don't, know. I, that. I don't look at the primates as much as you do. You don't read studies about monkeys? No. Just um, rats. Just rats. Yeah. <laughs> but the, so in like primates, the, the primate who's grooming the other primate gets the same amount of like stress relief hormones than the one who's being groomed. Wait, that's super cool. So I think that's like a cool way to. So we like to take care of each other. Exactly. That's why it's like, a beautiful way to put it. Taking care of my dog, like, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. So, do you? How do you balance the stressors? Like, so the way I look at it is the super basic formula of stress plus recovery equals adaptation. Yeah, like, we need both. Yeah. So, what are the stressors in your life? Because we also know that in order to you know, continue to get the result that we want, we have to apply a little bit of stress over time. Right. So you mentioned exercise. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else, any other like intentional stressors in your life? 
or anything that causes stress? Yeah, I, I definitely think like growing, like starting this business, starting massage therapy business during a pandemic and growing and, um, you know, working with Prime now, like all those things are, are like good stress, but stressful, yeah. like trying to grow a business, trying to stay in alignment with your beliefs and values while growing a business mm-hmm. is, um, is tough and stressful, but it's all, it's good stuff. Yeah. Tell you know? me a little bit more about that. Let's, let's dive into that. I think like, I mean, managing for me, it's tough to work in my business and work on my business at the same time, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. so I'll spend eight hours a day driving to people's houses, doing massage, teaching yoga, all those things. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I still have to invoice people and I still have to answer all these texts about scheduling and I have to make sure I'm posting on Instagram to stay relevant, which I hate, by the way. Yeah. Elliot yells at me the most about Instagram. Oh my god! Like <laughs> the way that he changed his exercise videos yesterday, I'm like, that's did what it, that's what you did. Did today? it take him two hours? Uh, yes, probably for sure. <laughs> I was like, that's how you spent your free time. Like, he was like, yeah, I need to, you know, gotta keep the people interested. Like, no. Ridiculous! I saw it. And I was like, I know that you did this today. <laughs> yeah, um, I think work working in your business and working on your business, like. It's such a struggle because I have trouble, like, at the end of the day, feeling pretty drained. Yeah. But that's when I leave myself the time to, like, think and process and be creative. And so then I just end up not doing it. Yeah. And then it never gets done. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's like, the, the setting boundaries, working within your capacity, like, I think, instead of... Instead of trying to manage a gallon of water in a shot glass, yeah, like don't even let a gallon of water come near a shot glass. <laughs> yeah, like you said, right. like saying no. Yeah. I think we have this big definition of self care. Yeah, and self care is so important. We preach it, but like, right. what is self care? It's not. It's not going to the spa. Like it might be on right. some days. It might be cucumbers. It might be a mask. But yeah, a lot of it is. Saying no, yeah. setting boundaries, preventing a spill from ever even happening. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's so hard. Especially, like, especially for women. I feel like it's really hard because we're expected to, like, caretake everyone. And I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's hard to say no. And, um, and like, I want to help. Like, I want to be helpful to mm-hmm. people and um yeah and sometimes it's just you have to make that dishes decision whether to like take care of yourself or take care of someone else and oh yeah like see it all the time in moms yeah and dads right. everyone anyone who has to take care of someone else it's just yeah. like they only take care of someone else to the point where it's a fault and now it's it's taking away from their health right yeah that's why caregiving is such a such a challenging job because yeah. it's not often a job that you sign up for it, but you, right. I mean, like to take, I mean, to think about, to take care of your husband as your husband's dying, yeah. like it's so incredibly stressful. Yeah. Um, and it's also women 
mm-hmm. are usually the ones that do that because mm-hmm. of a lot of different things, but also like women have longer life expectancies. Mm-hmm. So it's just women, we just have to take care of everybody yeah. else. We have to groom our mates. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of, yeah. What is self-care to you? Um, I think in a nutshell, it's like everything we talked about, which is like making decisions based on what's best for you in that moment and doing the next right thing for you. So it's not like you said, like going to the spa or bubble baths or anything. It's like this like radical self care in all aspects of your life. Um, and also like not beating yourself up for taking those steps to take care of yourself. Yeah. That's what I'll do a lot. I'll like say no to a bunch of things because I need to say no because I'm overwhelmed and then I'll beat myself up for it. I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel after you say no? Yeah. I feel like it's like, sometimes you feel bad. Yeah. It's like a, I kind of sometimes view it as a weakness. Like I have to say no, I can't handle this. I should be able to handle this or I had to say no because I'm overwhelmed or like I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. I think those are a lot of, like, lies that we tell ourselves. Right. At what point does self-care become selfish? Oh, the age-old debate. I know. Constantly taking care of yourself, like, only doing things for yourself. Is there a point where, like, what's, what's the balance there? I think if you get to the point where you're neglecting your loved ones or, you know, like that's maybe the point where it's, yeah, that's like a delicate balance. Yeah. Because if you're in relationship with other people, whether it's kids or a spouse or significant other, like there's a, there's like a contract there in some sense that's like you've promised to take care of each other's needs to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're totally ignoring other people's needs that you're in relationship with maybe that's a little bit selfish yeah but that's a fine line to walk because you also don't have to meet everyone else's needs all the time exactly like it's just so in flux all the time yeah all these things that we're talking about like your recovery zone your stressors your self-care it's like this ever-changing right formula yeah exactly there is no like formula or perfect schedule that you can put into an Excel spreadsheet and follow to the T and you're going to feel like well-balanced and happy all the time. It just doesn't work that way. Like imagine your perfect day and now actually live that perfect day for a year. Yeah. You get to the end of that and you're like, I have a new perfect day. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Which makes me, and I am also biased towards this. Like, I don't think every day should be the same. Yeah. I think we get really, I think for me, like monotony is like my worst enemy. It yeah. makes me depressed. And yeah. And so, like, when someone first asked me the perfect day, yeah, I got super overwhelmed because I was like, wait, I have to do the same thing every single day. Yeah. And they're like, it's just no. an exercise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just trying to get yeah. you to live your life better. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I need every day to look different. Yeah. <laughs> what would be, let's say, let's have a temporary perfect day. <laughs> like, what we're striving towards, I guess. Like, what would be your perfect day? I know y'all just had to do this. Yeah. At a growth meeting. Yeah, we did. Has it already changed since then? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So what's your perfect tomorrow? Perfect tomorrow would be I'd wake up in the morning, have coffee on the beach, and go surf. 
mm-hmm. for like an hour and then maybe go teach a yoga class. We're talking like perfect work day. This See, my perfect work day. there's a difference. Right, there's a difference there's between a perfect off day and a perfect work let's day. Let's do work day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go teach a yoga class, go home, eat a healthy breakfast. Oh, we've done all of that. And now we're eating breakfast. Yeah. You've woken up, you've had coffee, you've surfed, you've taught a yoga class. Yeah. What time is it now? <laughs> it's now 10 a.m. Okay. We're eating breakfast. Great. Yeah, okay. maybe this is too much. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's your perfect day. You can do whatever yeah. you want. And then I would see like two clients and be done by like three or four. What do you do after that? Have time to either go to yoga or work out and then have dinner and chill. Sounds great, right? So if that's so, I have a similar perfect day in the yeah. sense of like, it's not the amount of work that I'm currently doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if those are like, obviously, you know, money is a thing and work yeah. responsibilities. But if those are the perfect days, like if that's what makes us feel fulfilled and able and etc., why is it so hard to? To allow ourselves that. Because if I saw two patients, I would be like, oh my god. I'm, yeah. I'm not doing enough. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think for me, it's money is a big mm-hmm. thing. And I feel like I just, you know, always have to be making money. Oh, yeah. We could get into that round. Yeah. Like it, yeah we're so controlled huge. by money. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I'm my schedule's to the point where I'm booked out like two weeks in advance at the most part. And so I end up, I don't know, it's this tricky thing where it's like I don't want to say no to existing clients because they're my existing clients and I love them. I don't want to say no to new clients because that's the opportunity to get a new client. And I don't want to say no to like friends. And so then I just end up saying yes to everyone. And I've said no to no one, and now my schedule's packed. And would you say that we don't like to say no because of fear? Yeah. Like when it yeah. comes down to it, is it a lot of it seems like like I don't want to say no because I'm afraid it means I don't I won't make enough money next week, or right. someone will think this of me, or I feel like I yeah. keep, I'm not doing enough. It's like fear-based yeah like Um, I'm afraid this person won't rebook if I don't have today available or like I'm afraid they'll never contact me again to book or I'm afraid my friend's gonna think I don't like them if I don't you know like Mm -hmm. if I don't say yes to this thing or you know who's never afraid who the dentist's office (laughs) and people hate the dentist and they are booked months out. Yeah. And I can say no. And they're like, I don't really care because we're going to fill your spot. Yeah. And they are like, sorry, we can't see you for three months. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I have to control <laughs> my whole life to go do something that I absolutely hate. Yeah. Like, why Why is it that the dentists, they have this so much free... Also, dentists have a high suicide rate. That's yeah. another topic. But... <laughs> The dentist's office in and of themselves, like, they have done a good job with their business plan. Right. Come see me twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. See me twice a year, but... By the way, I'm always booked. And I will spend less than two seconds with you. I will come look inside your mouth and walk away. (laughs) But you know what? I go to the dentist, like, 
there's a million different dental offices in this town, but there are some where I actually enjoy it because the people are nice to me. Yeah. And they ask me about my life and they talk to me and I'm like, y'all are all doing the same thing. Yeah. I always, I also, I always equate it to like getting waxes, you know, like, or like things that you don't want to do. Yeah. And even like, I mean, I love haircuts, but haircuts nowadays, you have to schedule out so yeah. far in advance. Yeah. Everyone's booked. But when your hairstylist says no, what do you think about her? Oh, I'm like, good for them. They're really booked. I'm good still going to come back and see you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have this fear of like, they're going to, they're going to, and also I think it's different when you're dealing with people in pain because yeah, there is a exactly. sense of urgency. Like my hair might not look right, that good right now, but yeah. it'll be okay for two weeks. Right. With pain, it's like I feel like I have to, I have to go out of my way a little bit to help this person get some relief. But exactly, yeah, that's always a hard call for me when someone texts me or calls me and said like my back hurts so bad, like I'm having trouble standing up straight. Like that gets me every time. Because like, mm-hmm. if I say no, it makes me feel like they're gonna think I said their pain wasn't. A big deal. Exactly. And, like, yeah. even just saying that sentence, I'm like, how many times did I reflect my feelings on someone else? But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of it is still fear, fear-based. fear Right. So, do you feel like... So, when did you start... When did you go to the school in Hawaii? Um, 2019. Okay. It started in January 2019. So, a few years ago, what was that, Katie, like? Um, I think that... I had, I was honestly like super burned out from waiting tables and teaching yoga and I was working beyond my capacity and didn't enjoy my life. I was constantly traveling, which I love traveling. That's like my number one passion, but I had like built this life for myself that I needed constant vacation from and a constant break from because I was so burnt out all the time and I think one thing that school taught me too is like being able to um, like create a life that I like and I don't need. I mean, I need a vacation all the time, but like not that I'm not trying to run away from my life. I like the life that I've created for myself. Yeah. The intention behind the vacation is not run away. It's exactly. more it's enjoy. It's pleasure yeah. versus an outlet. Exactly. Like I need a break. Yeah. Versus escaping. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you tell me something that you are currently working on, like, with your own self-care, with your own, like, yoga practice, meditation, down-regulation, your own setting boundaries? Like, what's something that you've been struggling with recently? Mm, Good question. Um, I've definitely been struggling with scheduling and over-scheduling myself and not leaving enough time to eat like all like booked my day and be like oh I have no time to eat or like I'm gonna end up eating an rx bar in the car today and that's it um so that's definitely something I'm working on is like scheduling and um scheduling my myself time to do actually do yoga Instead of just teaching it all the time. Yeah. Does teaching yoga make you feel relaxed? Yeah. I definitely feel, like, better after I teach yoga, too. But not in the same sense of, like, taking a yoga class. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
What is something that you're like, I am really freaking good at this? Um, I've gotten, I don't know if I'm really freaking good at this, but I've gotten way better at, like, when I have the opportunity to do something or whether it's, like, scheduling a client or, like, plans or whatever, like asking myself, how does it feel in my body to say yes to this thing Mm. and noticing how I feel or like, or how does it know in my body, feel in my body to say no to this thing and then deciding based on how I feel. Like if I feel like my shoulders are up around my ears, if I imagine saying yes to something, I'm like, okay, then I should probably say no to that. Oh, gosh. Does that make sense? It does. It yeah. makes way more sense than I want it to. Like, I need to put that, like, rule in my life. Yeah. What's something that you wish that you're like, if more people would do this, the world would be a better place? If everyone would just blank. Mm. I think um, meditation. Is you don't have to good? cringe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like kind of a D-bag saying that. <laughs> I don't know. Why do you feel like a D-bag? I don't know, because I... Uh... That's all we talked about for the last hour, is like self-care and recovery, and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> meditation. Meditation. Why Because I feel like thing? people don't like to be told to meditate. People don't like to be told to do things that they need to do yeah. for themselves. Yeah. I don't like to be told to floss. Again, yeah. back to, to, the, <laughs> back to the dentist. But I yeah. go every freaking time for them to tell me to floss. And I just sit there and I roll my eyes and I tell myself I'm going to floss. Right. Yeah. People don't... Yeah. I mean, people don't like to be told what they already know they need to be doing yeah. to help themselves or what... Yeah. Or things that will make them think about the real things going on in their life. Like, right. if you only ever address, if, I, if I'm seeing someone for an hour a week and I only ever address them in that hour and I don't help them address the rest of their life, like, right. I think I'm doing a disservice to that person. Yeah. Because it's, it's so interconnected. Like, pain is, it's physical and emotional always all the time Mm -hmm. and I mean I definitely get I get frustrated when I have and I understand like their frustration but like when I have patients who I'm trying to ask them about these things and they're like don't want to talk about it don't see how it's related yeah and I think that we just could do a better job of especially like in our profession um of talking about why those things actually really matter. Like, yeah. why am I asking you about your sleep and your stress and your relationships and your nutrition? Yeah. And I'm also like, I wish someone was asking me this stuff. Yeah. You know, that'd be great. I need to go to PT myself. Or, right. <laughs> go <yeah>. see Elliot. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, how's your relationship? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> not great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, not if I went to see him as a PT. That would be really, that would be really funny. Yeah. Yeah. What is something that, well, meditation, like how do I start meditation? Um, I think the easiest way is to, there's so many good apps, like Insight Timer is amazing. Okay. I just did this like 20 day thing on, um, Chopra, like Deepak Chopra has an app. Um, so like if you've never meditated before, or even if you have and you just need help 
or need guidance, like downloading one of those free seven-day courses. Insight okay. Timer has one that's great. It's a free seven-day course on how to meditate. Um, yeah, awesome. What do you wish more people knew about massage therapy and body work? Um, I just wish that people knew that it's like the, I wish they knew the wide range of things that can help with, I think. And that it's not just, um, as a pampering Mm -hmm. experience that it can really help with things like real pain, real injury, um, real emotions and feelings of being stuck or down or anxious like it can really help with those things um and yeah so that it's it's not just physical it's not just physical yeah like it can help you with things that you didn't even know you needed help with yeah yeah love it where can our listeners find you it doesn't sound like we should get anyone to book because (laughs) you're busy but if you want to book people she is Two weeks out, right? Yeah, two weeks in advance. Yeah. Um, I always try and tell people to book in advance because you're probably not going to regret having a massage book for yourself. Exactly. You're not going to get to that day and be like, oh, fuck, I wish I didn't have oh, a massage Oh, no, book I have today. a massage. Yeah. You're always probably going to be happy with that. Um, but you can find me either through Prime Performance Rehab's website. Um, on Instagram, I'm katie.edwards.bodywork. Um, yeah. Awesome. And Katie and her, um, I don't know, business associate, (laughs) Elliot Prime, they put out a great newsletter every Wednesday. I always like reading, obviously, all the stuff at the top, but also your stuff at the bottom. Um, It's been really cool to see. So, everyone, thank you for listening. Katie, thank you. This was awesome. All right, everyone, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.